Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. Hi. Welcome to Never, Ever Give Up Hope. I am always so excited to share stories with my listening audience because every single guest that I have come on this show has an incredible story of hope. And the message of hope needs to be heard. It doesn't matter where we are in the world. Every person has come to a place in their life where they have felt hopeless and or helpless and that's what this show is all about I am so excited as of this week we are now in 140 countries two things from that one is I realize how this message is getting out and that it is a message that needs to be heard and the other is how many people need to hear the message and so I know that this will continue to grow and that's what's exciting and it's so exciting to be able to share that no matter where you are not only on this planet you can hear this message but also where you are emotionally physically financially because all of us have come to a place in our lives where we possibly have had to deal with one of those situations where we feel hopeless for example complete financial loss or health issues, or the loss of a loved one, or legal ramifications that we never expected and how we dealt with it. I have interviewed people who have literally lost everything. One man that I'm thinking of at the moment who ended up living in a dumpster with his two small children and now is a multimillionaire. These are the types of stories that bring hope and encouragement to everyone who listens. And these are the stories I am so pleased to be able to share. So I thank you to my listening audience. And of course, I thank my guests, each and every one who has a unique story, a unique message, and is willing to share some of their pain that they went through. Because no matter what our story is, it's affiliated with pain. And to be able to share that and come from a different place now, that's what it's all about. And that's why I get excited. And everybody has a story. If you know of someone or if you are listening and you feel you have a story, contact me. I'd love to hear it and possibly we could get you on the show. So I thank you for that. And I thank you for your reviews and your support. And it's all appreciated so very much. With me today, I have Cynthia Mazzaferro. She is a visionary, a motivational speaker, 
a retired physical therapist of over 30 years. And this I found really interesting. She taught individuals on injury and stress reduction. I'm sure she's going to share a little bit of that with us today as well. She is an award-winning best-selling author. The name of her book is Powerful Beyond Measure. She is also a life coach in that same venue, Powerful Beyond Measure. She is a keynote speaker, and she also runs a variety of workshops, seminars, and these workshops and seminars are utilizing many life-changing techniques, which I know she's going to give us a little insight to that today as well. Cindy's self-help book, Powerful Beyond Measure, explores your past, it empowers your present, and it envisions your future, filled this is exciting, with purpose and passion. I have met Cindy, and I know she is exactly what she says she is. We have chatted um, at great lengths. She is a woman with purpose and passion, and I am so pleased that she has agreed to be our guest today. Thank you, and welcome, Cynthia. Hello, Carol. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me on your wonderful show. Oh, you're so welcome. Now, we're going to start at the beginning. You lived most of your life without a father. I'd like you to share that with us as, uh, you know, kind of capsulize it. But tell us how that affected you then and also how it affected you later in life, because I'm sure there are other people that will be able to relate to that scenario. Certainly. I was a second oldest child of five daughters. My father was a pilot in the Air Force. He flew a B-52. Wasn't around too much. But at the age of seven, uh, my parents got a divorce. And the way it affected me was it was in a form of abandonment, where I also had a very strong desire, wanting very desperately external uh, affirmation, confirmation, reinforcement. Um, every one of my sisters responded differently. My older sister responded yeah. against my mother as she wasn't a good enough wife. That's why he left. So her quest was to be the best wife, and she's now had two divorces. So every one of us <laughs> experienced that divorce differently based on our age and where we were in the family line. And I think most people can appreciate whether you have two parents, um, one parent might be working 80 hours a week and they're never around. So they might be physically there, but they might not be emotionally and supportively right. there. So all my uh, childhood life and even into my teens and young 20s, there was always an aspect that um, when I spoke about my father, I would well up and tears would start to form where there was a loss. It was almost as if there was a death. He really was not part of my life at all. And um, I looked for people to affirm me, to say, oh, you're such a great person and how important I was. Things that you'd want your father to say to you, which I never had. I thought I had done a lot of inner work and resolve that and got rid of that. He wasn't there for my dance at my wedding, father's daughter dance, but, and he didn't walk me down the aisle to give me away. But my mother had that beautiful honor and she, we actually danced the mother daughter dance. We had a beautiful song for that. 
And it was gorgeous, but there was still that absence and there was always that missing chair. And I actually, in my profession as a physical therapist and also an ergonomist, which is someone who reduces stress in the work environment, primarily working with engineers and CEOs and all different types of people and the work line, the actual manufacturers creating and reducing stress in their physical body and in their work establishment. So I had all the, a lot of men that I was training and teaching mm-hmm. were there and I was getting all this affirmation that I so desperately sought after and realized that there was still this thirst within myself that was always unquenchable. And part of my own discovery, my own inner work and self-discovery was that I had to start to see myself um, as wonderful. It didn't matter what everyone else thought and felt. And I knew right. that in my mind. But the emotional pain was still there. So I was still trying to find a way to resolve the emotional pain that resided within my body. So how did this possibly prepare you for when your husband decided to leave you? I mean, here you had to go through the same emotions all over again as an adult. And were you better prepared or do you feel that that was possibly even hurt you deeper? When my husband came down and said he loved me but could no longer live with me and was ready to walk out the door, it was devastating. It took my breath away. It was like a slap in the face. How could this happen to me again? My father loved me but couldn't live with me any longer and left. Same thing was happening 30-something years later. I was like, oh, my gosh. And... We are still together and we um, did a lot of work, but I actually had to do the inner work myself because I actually was creating an energy that was being expressed through me, which I didn't realize at the time that I almost had an expectation that people would leave me in my life, not just even men, although they were majority of the person that I was looking forward to having in my life. But that if my um, girlfriend chose someone else over me to go to on a date with, that was someone walking away from me and not valuing me or seeing me. So it was very hurtful and painful to say, how could you love someone? These were his words. I love you, but I can no longer live with you. It makes no sense to me. They were totally on two different ends of the spectrum. Part of um, my understanding and recognition as I started to start to change to be the wife he wanted, I ended up being more miserable. I was losing my identity. I was becoming totally not who I was. And I'm not even sure it's what he wanted. But what I found was that there was a very pivotal thing that happened. And that's in my book. So I'm not going to go into that. Okay. But something for you to listen to that really were profound words that came through spirit. And it was through my stepfather. And you can even say heavenly father. And those words were that you are perfect just the way you are and not to change for anyone. And that was a really pivotal moment in my life. I was so miserable um, because I was changing who I was, struggling, who am I, to keep these men in my life. And when I heard this word from a departed now stepfather, my mother had remarried many years as as an adult woman. Here I've been waiting all my life for a father to say something profound to me, that I was wonderful. And on stage, in spirit, he came and said those words. And it was unbelievable because it made me shift to say, wait a minute, 
I have to be true to myself. I have to see myself as this beautiful person and not need everyone else to fill up my love tank, kind of like as a gas station, you know, you fill up the gas <laughs> tank. And I, I needed to fill myself up where I knew I was this wonderful, loving, compassionate, kind person. And no one needed to tell me that. And once I stepped into that knowledge and realized I needed to fall in love with myself again, my husband started falling in love with me because he didn't oh, need to be... Right. Right. He didn't need to be the gas tank to fill me up. Mm -hmm. He could just, you know, I was, I was almost too needy in the sense he could say a compliment. He could say, Oh, your hair looked nice today. And I'd be saying, well, why didn't you say my dress looked good? Um, so it was like <laughs> learning to realize that be grateful for what is out there and in your life and see them as all blessings instead of looking at they're not adequate. They're not sufficient that you're still lacking. And once you fall in love with yourself, it's an amazing process and it allows you to also awaken to your passion, your spiritual gifts, and what really brings you joy and happiness. And that is what our life is supposed to be all about. It's a truly amazing shift. You know, we could stop right there and talk about this for the next hour or two because you've said so much and it relates so specifically to so many different people. I am completely aware of that i mean just thinking about the different things you said as far as you know the the whole abandonment issues and and trying to be good enough and and the the value issues and i you see that so often i think especially in women correct women are predominantly more affected by this because we have uh, a more sensibility we're more emotionally attached to activities, to responses, to um, expectations. And when we're not getting what we think in our mind, what we want, we feel in some way disappointed, neglected, um, disenchantized, whatever emotional word you want to write there. So because women are more typically aligned with our emotions, although we suppress them all the time, um, we tend to feel um, unwanted, disvalued, uh -huh. unhappy in our lives. So there's a lot right there in that comment that I just said too, because Absolutely. we're the ones that are truly not aligned or able to experience how we feel emotionally. We tend to always suppress how we feel. If our children come into the house and they didn't say hi to you, they ignored you, ran upstairs and went on the computer, you feel like, that was disrespectful. Now, that's your emotional response. But maybe they have to get right on a project or maybe they had to respond to an email that came in for something. But in our mind, we look at it as a, a negative component. Yes, yes. So we need to take personal responsibility. And one of the things in my book is with um, Powerful Beyond Measure, there's a self-discovery, but there's also about personal responsibility and empowerment to take ownership of what we can change and how we look at things. And that gives you power that is beyond measure in that you claim and get to control how you experience your life, which is so, so important. That was a very good explanation to your book title as well. I appreciate that. Now, I want to shift gears for a moment. We're going to come back to this, but I want you to share the exciting story of what happened in January of this year. January of this year, I got a phone call from my son who lives out in Chicago. They had gone to an emergent type care facility because he was jaundiced, had been always healthy his whole life, and his wife 
took him there and they ran blood work and his liver enzymes were off the wall. Typical liver enzymes should be under 25. He was around 1,200 to 1,300. Oh, my word. It was terrible. His bilirubin count was huge, and that's why he was yellow. His eyes were yellow, everything. So within the next 24 to 48 hours, he actually had now been in three hospitals every single time, directly right into the ICU, and he was going into liver failure. And they tried to figure out what was causing it, and all the tests they ran, they couldn't find it. They still don't know. And through this process, it was devastating. Of course, we flew out, my husband and I. We sat bedside, ICU, pretty much 24 hours a day. I was always there through the nights, too. And throughout the entire process, I know I'm a person of positivity, but throughout the whole time, I got messages, miracle messages of very many different types that told me that everything will be fine. There is, They will never find what's wrong but everything will be fine. <laughs> and people thought I was like, oh, Cindy, you're just being your typical happy-go-lucky, <laughs> you know, positive person. And I said, no, I really have to trust my intuition. I'm getting these messages, these downloads of saying, I know he's gravely ill. I know it's, you know, he's maybe now they're putting him on a transplant list. He was number one on the transplant list. And, but I knew in my heart, even if he needed the transplant, everything would be okay. As everything continued to deteriorate, now he's losing his um, cognition because the ammonia starts to build up uh -huh, in your body. Uh -huh. And at that point, it's eminent. You need a liver transplant. It is dire. If you don't have one, you will die. It is, it's like you have to have a liver. And it, for all of you listening, I hope you all consider to be an organ donor yes. because you can totally save many people's lives. It's a yes. truly a miracle, a miracle in itself. But that next morning, the doctors came in, the surgical team came in and said, we have a liver. It's a 32 year old <laughs> woman. And my son was turning 32 this year. Wow! So that was another miracle message that you will live many, many years. You weren't getting a 60 or a 70, 80 year old liver of someone that died. Uh -huh, uh -huh. You got a 32 year old liver. And we are now almost five months post liver transplant that lasted over 12 and a half hours oh. with over 40 bags of blood products. Oh my goodness. And he is totally thriving. We thank the individual who donated their liver and it's just been a miracle in many, many ways. Um, so that is a, a beautiful, horrific story that was filled with hope and allowed me to really connect with the messages, the miracle message that was sent to me all the time. And during this process at the end, he went through four surgeries um, from that initial one. I actually got an email asking, someone asking me to contribute a story of what I was going through for the chicken soup for the soul of um, messages and the unexplained, miracle messages and the unexplained. And so there was another beautiful a story of hope that came out of this and how people need to realize that even when you're dealing with catastrophe, trauma, illness, that there are miracles that are abundant and that we have to rely on hope and faith and trust and create the positivity within ourselves to see them coming forth in our life. Oh my goodness, deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And didn't you mention, too, that he just had a baby? 
He's actually, they're actually expecting one within the week. So Aww. she's away. And it's just amazing. But I'd love to share really two little brief stories sure, while he was in sure. the hospital. Because these are just other messages that I was open to seeing. I had to go home to do a presentation for 100 people. So I flew home. This is before he was really, really critical. And I'm taking an Uber ride. And the taxi driver sees me crying and shedding a few tears as I was leaving because I was concerned what would happen in the next 48 hours. And right away on the clock, I see 444. And I looked it up in Doreen Virtue's uh, book of numbers. And it said the message for 444 was, angels are all around you. You have nothing to fear. Everything will be fine. (laughs) And I said it aloud to the Uber driver, who was this nice, tall, African-American man who wore a great little cabaret hat. And we're driving down to the airport, and I told him about my book and Powerful Beyond Measure. And before you know it, just before we get there, he starts to say how his whole life he's been running away from relationships. He's had women. He's been in the party scene. And he was, you know, I'd say 38, 42 age. And he says, you know, to me, he says, you're my angel right now. What you've told me during this ride and the message you received on 444 was my message that you are my angel here and you have transformed my life. And I said, so what is your name? And he said, it's Valentino. And I said, how paradoxical. The man who's supposed to love or the man who's been running away from love all his life, you have the name of the man of love, Valentine's, Valentine's, Valentine's. And to bring that around, we hugged and said goodbye. And then when I came back and when my son, after his post-transplant, was now moved to another room, guess who went into his previous room in ICU? There was on the surgical nursing board there, it said Valentine, last name, letter O. And Valentine O, a different man, not the same man, but the same name, was now (laughs) residing in his room. goodness just i can't tell you how many stories i could tell you that came out of that two months but it's i would like to encourage everyone to look at the messages and the signals that you're seeing in your life as signs of hope and of, of strength and support and all of these things will get you through the good times and the bad times well what it comes down to is how we look at things And that's exactly what you're saying, because when you don't give up, when you are tenacious and you persevere and know that everything is going to be okay, and these messages come along to confirm that, I mean, that's all fine and good. It's wonderful. Sometimes we don't get those messages, even if we may be looking for them, but we still can hold on to the ultimate message which is that of hope and that as long as we are six feet above ground, there is hope period, in one form or another. And so you just confirmed that, and you had that confirmed, which makes it even, you know, you'll never forget that, ever, as long as you live, and that you will draw from that experience forever as well. Because when you go through another experience that could be similar in nature or completely different, you will remember where you've been and how you got through that. And so we get these these encouragements along the road and it's important for us to grab onto that, to hold onto them, to not give up and also 
to learn from those negatives and turn them into positives, which is exactly what you did. I mean, there'd be many people in that position that would have just, you know, cried and said, that's it. You know, I'm saying goodbye to my son. There's no hope. There's no way out of this. And possibly that would have happened and possibly not. But the point is you didn't give up. And as long as we hold on to even a thread, guests here have said that that's all they've had was one thread, but one thread is better than none. So even if you have just one thread and you hold on to it, you look at the positive side of what could happen very often does. So I thank you for that. Carol, just to add on to it, I love that what you just said. And, you know, one thread, it's like a lifeline. You know, when someone throws you a life preserver, it's attached to a, a line, right, to pull you back in. And so that's exactly what hope is. It's a lifeline. And if you believe in a creator, God, or even yourself, having hope in yourself, or others. It's amazing having that positive energy we speak about of knowing that something positive can come out of this and that you can create that positive energy within yourself, within your life and with everything that's coming to be with that situation. You know, I think this is a learned experience as well. I don't, I don't believe that we are born with this innate hope that this comes from how we handle things, even as you did as a little girl at seven years old, and trying to make the best of that situation. And, you know, looking for the little things that might be an encouragement to us, you know, we learn it. And the more, the older we get, the more we do it, we come to a place where even though we may be hit with something that appears hopeless, we know that, hey, wait a minute, This sounds very familiar. I've been here before. So instead of worrying about it, let me just step back, take a breath and say, okay, this is a situation you can still, you know, I'm a very logical, practical person. So I have a tendency to analyze and say, okay, this, this is, this is in the works here. This is in the works here. This could happen, but this could happen. So let's concentrate our energy on what the good that could come of this. And we began, we almost become excited. Instead of being extremely depressed in the situation, we can only almost become excited that, you know what, I'm waiting for this to happen. This is going to be a good thing. It's going to be okay. And it gets us through. It really, really gets us through. Now, you have a passion that you had mentioned that you like to speak about personal responsibility, empowerment, and your power within. Now, when in your life, now we talked about, you know, both your beginning years and even something as current as what just happened with your son. So when in your life did you become aware that you had this gift, not only to help yourself and to look at things differently, but also to help others? Actually, very young. Before I was five, I remember looking at my hands as I pointed up to the sky. I would see the sunlight coming through my fingertips. And I recall actually feeling that my hands were very magical. There was something special about them. And so I went into medical field. I went into as a physical therapist and worked with my hands. And I actually would love to do therapy, which we call on hands therapy or manual therapy. I didn't like the machines much. I loved touching people because I could actually get in and diagnose and um, work the muscles and the ligaments. But as I was a physical therapist, I realized when I worked with the patients that I often were Uh, conversing with them about their life experiences, Mm -hmm. what was going on in their life. So if someone was having uh, hip or knee problems, as they're talking to me about their life outside of therapy, they're talking about how 
they have had a hard time standing up most of their life, you know, how they always were followers or they lost their spouse and they're having a hard time moving forward in life. So you'd hear a lot of this about standing up for support or moving forward. And I started to realize I was starting to counsel them and encourage them and empower them to stand on their own, to realize their power within themselves, to realize the support they have within themselves and that their symptoms, even though they were working from the rehab part of it too, were much more long lasting, quicker results because they were also changing their mindset, their action steps that they were doing outside of therapy. And then as I continued to go on, I realized um, through my career and then realizing at some point that I knew my hands were more than just a therapist's hands. I knew innately, that intuitively, that there was an energy to them. But what I've also found is that we also have this remarkable healing capability within ourselves. We create our unhealthiness within ourselves through our thoughts and our emotions, our suppressed or repressed emotions. And that if we recreated our unhealthiness inside, which manifests to outside, we can uncreate our unhealthiness. And so I have learned personally and through many, many clients that you have the power individually. This is a God-given, a universe-given energy, ability to create remarkable, miraculous health and expansiveness something that is much more than your mind can even envision of what you could um, create in your own mind and what you'd like to manifest. And when you start to awaken to this remarkable power that you have within yourself, you will exponentially create a life that is filled with so much abundance, so much joy and happiness and um just it's beyond words because the universe supports you in every way possible in your life. Why don't you tell us about your book? Thank you for asking about this. Powerful Beyond Measure is really a gift from the divine. It's been definitely inspired by the divine and, and is really a gift and a vehicle to allow inner healing at every level. It allows you to look at your past as you had talked about earlier Carol, about exploring your past and easing that pain, how to resolve that unhealed emotional debris that we carry with us that Mm. repeats throughout our life again and again, like it did for me in my um, having abandonment issues. And then the second third of the book is empowering your present, which is really embracing yourself, loving yourself, learning to see yourself as this beautiful divine spark of light and love, awakening your passions and living with your able to share your gifts. It's it's just an amazing Mm. unfolding that occurs. And then the last third of the book is about envisioning a future, which you can't live in your future, but it's about expanding your possibilities that are endless. They are limitless and that we have to stop putting limits on what we can do and aspire in this lifetime. And when you do that, you watch how the universe opens up to you and it will send you down a path that is filled with so much joy and success in every aspect, love, abundance in money or career doing your own passion, whether it's writing a book or starting a new business, however you're supposed to touch the world, that will all unfold and miraculously support you. Now, this is a self-help book, correct? 
It is. It's an empowerment and inspirational self-help transformational book. And do you give any experiences of your own or others in there as well? Both. I okay. share my story and many other stories of um, people that will ro- really resonate with your audience and everyone in the world, men and women, and even youth that are looking at it. Because you don't have to wait to be 40 or 50 or 60 to look back and say, I've lived a, I lived a life of unhappiness and I want to change it now. You can prevent living that life of regret by learning at a much younger age. Now, what do you offer to, uh, as far as courses or any online coaching or anything in that vein? Great. So I offer um, coaching with anybody at all around the world. We do it through Skype or phone or Zoom and it's all free vehicles. Different degrees. I also do corporate coaching. It does not have to be just individual. It can even be small groups. I also do workshops. I love to teach. For me, my spiritual gift is not being an author writing the book. The book is just a vehicle to help people because I can't teach everyone one-on-one. But I love to teach. I love doing workshops. I love being asked to come speak as a keynote speaker or do breakout sessions or at a corporation about really teaching people to embrace their greatness. And when I say greatness, that doesn't mean that you're more powerful than another person. It's about seeing your greatness in yourself and that you can touch and share that with others around you. And it's a big difference than being powerful over someone or being the bully over someone or dominating. That's not the same thing. That's not what we're talking about here. Could you give us like possibly a short list of both subjects that you would coach on and also speak on? Sure. Well, there's a lot. First of all, I'm happy to specialize and um, really make the topic or subject matter unique to your audience. So if you're a corporation, you're trying to change a culture about increased communication or bringing out the best in one employees, you know, which is for any company, their greatest asset is their employee. So when you bring your employees, which has a personal component to their life, we're not just professional people, we're personal people. So when you deal with also increasing individuals on a personal nature, addressing their areas of weakness. You know, let's say you don't have a voice typically, you tend to be quiet. So encouraging at a corporate level, having people to step into, we want to hear your innovative ideas. We want you to um, work together. We want you to be supportive. We want transparency. We want teamwork. All of these things are just a small snippet of um, what we can do on a corporate level. And many people will know there's the emotional IQ, which is also talked about. I do that. There's mindfulness. So all of this is very much appropriate for almost any corporate or organizational type network. Individually, I coach on many, many topics. But one of the things that we work on is identifying what it is that holds you back. That could be confidence. That could be feeling that you're not lovable. And therefore, you've isolated yourself. You've become your own island. You've put up so many roadblocks around you and a coat of armor, if you will, that no one can even penetrate you. You're you're kind of like frozen. You're not approachable. So whatever the area is that you're suffering from allows you to step out of that block that you've created. And it's actually aligned with what you're supposed to be learning to do 
um, and grow as a soul, as a spirit. We are not our skin and bones and our muscles and our organs. We are a soul that resides within our physical body. And as that soul, we've actually come to be born into this earth physical life to learn and grow. And so by stepping into, for me, I'll use the same scenario just to keep it short. For me, it was about learning and empowering myself to realize I'm great within myself. I don't need someone outside to acknowledge my wonderful, loving self. And when I learned that, I could then write about it. I could teach people about it because I had to learn the same lesson. And ultimately, everyone on earth has to learn the same lesson, and that is to be loving and to be able to share our love and express that love in any kind of way, not to be judgmental, not to be harsh and cruel and judgmental. There's so many aspects, but it all comes down to universal love, and that's what we're all learning to do. So in other words, to summarize, we're all fixable. Absolutely. Yes. I love that, Carol. So tell us your summary. Give us a, a synopsis of what you would like us to walk away with and possibly a call to action. Great. Well, first of all, you're right, Carol. Everyone, it's not that we need to be fixed. We just need to change the sight of how we see ourselves and how we see the world around us and how we see things that come to us, what we want in our life. It's about our perception. We've talked about that briefly, how we choose to perceive and interact with the world and also taking ownership that we create the positive energy or the negative energy that fills us within ourselves and also in our life. And this is a powerful statement. It's not to cause you to feel, oh gosh, you mean I feel bad because it's my fault? It's not to put blame on you. It's to empower you, to give you strength and power that you can change exactly what you want to. And who else do you want to have that power? There's no one greater than yourself to have the power to adjust, to make the correction that you want in your life. Thank you, Cindy. You have given us a great deal to think about and certainly some avenues to bring change and hope of what we possibly may be going through. You've given us your book, uh, the ability to have you as a coach, possibly to hear you speak at when you're a keynote speaker. So there's lots of ways that the audience can connect with you on different levels. And for that, I am very appreciative of what you shared and also what you shared today of your own story and your own desire and passion to help. That's your mission because once you have been somewhere and were able to help yourself, it's only natural that you want to help someone else who may be going through the same thing. And you've turned this into your life work, you know, your, yes. your, your mission in life, period. And so that is very much appreciated. Again, thank you, Cynthia. And we look forward to hearing more good things. And also, do, is there another book in you? Actually, yes, I think there is going to be miracle messages are in your life. Thank you again, Cynthia, and we look forward to hearing more good things from you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for having me, Carol. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. 
So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.